The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. Look in your Bible again, if you will, to the book of John chapter 6 and verse 66, where the Bible does say, and I'll read this verse and then 67 and 68, as I read a few moments ago, just for re-emphasis sake. The Bible says, from that time, many of the disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will you also go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. So I want to speak tonight on a subject matter I think could be helpful, not necessarily to you, but possibly through you. And that is the advantages of attending Bible college. The advantages of attending Bible college. Now, let me get you to do this. If, if you have any Bible college training, in other words, you went to Bible college at any time in your life, would you stand, please? Any Bible college training, went to Bible college sometime in your life. Now, if you look around, I would dare say that that is probably 30% of the crowd that's here tonight. Many standing in the balcony, about uh, 15 or so in the balcony, plus the ground floor. Now, not all these are pastoring churches. Not all these are filling the role of an evangelist. Not all these, if you would please, are in the ministry full time. But there is some advantages that I want us to understand tonight about a young person attending Bible college for a little while because there is advantages no matter what you do in life. Uh, it, it sets you up for heading the right direction. I see many parents nodding your heads there, and you know what I'm saying is true. Be seated, if you will. Let me show you a couple of scriptures tonight. Uh, here we see in our Bible that uh, Jesus, of course, you remember, had many disciples. And there was a time uh, when it went drastically down from the 700 to the 500 to uh, those that were the 120 that was going out to, to those that was the 70 uh, that was going out, if you will, from the 70 down to the 12, from the 12 uh, down to the 3. And uh, you understand that there was a time when Jesus looked at those that were still remaining with him, and he asked the question, as many of the disciples went back, as you see in the Bible here, walk no more with him. He asked the question to the 12. He says this. He said, will you also go away? So there was a time in Jesus' life where he looked, and, and I, I want to help us just a little bit tonight. Uh, you know, perhaps you would look at a church that's running 7,000 or so, and uh, you look at a church running 7,000 and you say, that's success. But you look at our church running six, seven, or 800 and you say, I, I tell you what, that is not a successful work. Uh, I don't think that you can be able to gauge success on numerics. Now, I, I do thank God. I do thank God. I do thank God that God has blessed our church. I thank the Lord for it. I thank the Lord for the faithful, dedicated workers that God has given us right here but Jesus had 12. He had 12. He had three that only stayed with him. But can I tell you, please, that God used those 11 and God used those three, uh, Peter, James, and John, to, I believe, turn the world right side up. God used them in a marvelous way. Uh, you would see if you follow that which is the pathway, the journey, uh, if you would follow, if you would please, how God used these men in marvelous ways. So can I say God can use you? God can use you. 
but I think there has to be some time in preparation. Now, I'm speaking to you as a pastor tonight, and so I'm not necessarily preaching those that's on the internet, though we have many that listen and watch live stream, and I thank God for them, but I'm preaching to you and speaking to you tonight as a pastor, uh, as a pastor that has a heart for your young people. Here's what I see. Uh, the average young person that goes to a secular school right after high school very seldom do I see that number one they make it through without dipping what they believed when they first went and I didn't say that they just refusably walk away from it I'm not saying that they forsake it but I do see in most cases that there is some type of dip there is some type of a lack of faithfulness. There is some type of doubting. And where did they get that? Well, a lot of times they get that because of the teacher that they have, because of the institute that they attend. Now, thank God, I didn't say all young people. I said most young people. Thank God there's a few. Thank God there's a few that go off to a secular university and they study straight away and they stay straight with the Bible and they love God and uh, they stay faithful in attending church and they go soul winning all the time when, they're, you know, when they have opportunity to talk to people about Christ. Hey, thank God for that. There is the few, but there's only the few. Now, can I say tonight, there's some advantages uh, as you counsel people, as you help people, as a uh, Christian lay person, there's advantages to be able to help a young person to see why Bible college could be important to them. Let me give you a couple of them tonight. Uh, statement number one, routine, routine. When a young person comes to Bible college, uh, uh, they are put in a routine. And I'm just going to kind of take you from outside of a Bible college. Uh, I've been affiliated with Bible colleges all my life, uh, from attending Bible colleges to uh, helping to start uh, three Bible colleges overseas to uh, helping our Bible college go from a mindset of a uh, maybe like a Bible institute to more of a Bible college mindset to uh, being able to uh, help uh, uh, with uh, different aspects of different colleges. Uh, I preach a lot at different colleges. And so uh, uh, from, the, from, the, from, the, from, from a person that's heavily involved in different colleges around the world, uh, let me kind of give you an inside look at what takes place for those that's on the outside looking in saying, hey, I wonder what's that all about? Uh, what's that Bible college stuff all about? And, and that way, when a young person comes to you and says, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking about Bible college what do you think I ought to do? You would be able to give them some sound advice. Uh, go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to uh, pretty much abide in this chapter tonight. This is a time where Paul is talking to Timothy, a young man, and he's trying to give him some advice. And here's what he says. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and in verse 1, the Bible says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong. So he has a desire for young Timothy to be strong. And he says, uh, In the grace that is in Jesus Christ and the Bible says and the things which thou hast heard it says of me among many witnesses the same commit thou to faithful men uh, who shall be able to teach others also so in Bible college what a person uh, uh, will learn is they learn routine they learn structure they learn discipline uh, they learn if you will please to be an individual that becomes strong uh, strong in the Lord and that's what we want them to become strong
strong in. Uh, one day I'll pass away. One day a Dr. Bachman will pass away. One day our instructors will pass away. Uh, one day you're going to pass away. And so what we want is we want our young people to be strong, not in the power of their own might, but we want our young people to be strong in the Lord. Uh, we want to be able to teach them doctrine and Bible principles and Bible truths whereby they can become faithful men, faithful ladies, if you will, and they can be able to teach others also. Uh, you're not put here on earth just to sit. Uh, the old preacher said you're put on earth to get up and get, all right? And so it's important that you and I understand that God does not want us simply to occupy space, but you have an influence. Uh, you have the, a way to be able to uh, talk to people and to be able to uh, philosophize with people. I was sitting on an airplane and I had a professor that was sitting beside me of a secular university and, and I started to witness to him and, and, uh, and uh, he, he said, why do you believe that? And I said, well, let me share with you why. And I, I began, he said, that makes a lot of sense. And I said, well, why haven't you received Jesus Christ? And he began to tell me this, that, and the other. And, and the reason uh, holy that he had not yet received Jesus Christ is he said I grew up in a home and he said I love my parents but to be honest with you uh, pastor I grew up in a home of hypocrites he said you know uh, they would live one way in front of people and live another way at home and he said it just turned me off to this thing called Christianity because he said I've always been a person that's been all in and he said when I saw that my parents was not all in he said I just figured that's not for me because they must not believe in it they must be just be going to church for the social aspect of it. And so since they're going to church for the social aspect, and this is what this professor told me, since they're going to church for the social aspect of it, I can find uh, social activities other places that I would honestly enjoy more than church. And he said, so therefore, I just decided when uh, I uh, got old enough that I would make my own decisions and I could ditch the church because after all, I could find my social activities other ways. I said, what a shame. He said, what do you mean, what a shame? I said, you're not fulfilling what God created you to do. What a shame. God did not create you to live for yourself, sir. God created you to serve him. God created you uh, to be able to put him first. And if you're not doing that, and may I say as kindly as I can tonight, if you're not doing that, then you're not fulfilling the will of God for your life. Amen. You ought to decide tonight that you give Jesus Christ every aspect of your life. You don't have to be somebody that has a great personality. God wants you. You don't have to be somebody tonight that uh, you have lots of talent. God's not interested in your talent. God's more interested in your availability than anything else, not necessarily all your abilities. God is interested in you. Uh, you say, well, does a person have to go to Bible college in order to be used of God? Absolutely not. I've seen mighty preachers that preach from the pulpit uh, and, uh, and, that, but, uh, uh, and that God uses them in a mighty way. But I also can tell you, that, and anybody can attest to this, that over the past 20 years, our universities have changed. Over the past 20 years, those that do not believe in Christ and do not believe the Bible and do not adhere to the things that our Almighty Father would have us to adhere to have come out very abrasively and they become very anti-Christian, uh, anti-Bible, anti-church, anti-this, anti-that, anything that has to do with the governorship of the Lord Jesus Christ in a person's life. And can I uh, be frank with 
with you, most young people that are sitting in this room is not strong enough to be able to withstand that which is the onslaught of the devil in these universities without some extra help. Uh, that's why in a Bible college, what you have is you have some routines. A routine of uh, going to class. That would be good. Routine of going to chapel every day and hearing the Word of God preached. That would be good. Routine of having to go to church, having to work, having to get on a bus route or go soul winning in some other aspect of their life. What's it do? It presents structure. Structure. Uh, how many young people uh, need structure in their life? You know, most young people have no structure in their lives. Uh, they get up when they want to get up. Most young people nowadays, and I'm just being very candid with you, uh, they get so hooked into get, being a gamer and playing games, that carries over into their young adulthood years. They have no character to work. They have no character to study. They have no character to advance themselves in that which is uh, the cause of Christ. And that is what it's all about. About. And so what takes place? They can't hold down a job. They don't know what to do. Uh, they just kind of float through. Uh, do you have a job? No, but I'm planning on getting one. How old are you? 42. Uh, we don't want our society to be that way. So a uh, Bible college will present a routine. Statement number two, uh, there's rules. By the way, can I help you out a little bit for those of you that are anti-rule? You have them in your house, so you must not be totally anti-rule. Uh, our society is becoming a ruleless society. I tell you, it bothers me from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head how our society has become anti-police. Uh, it bothers me. Uh, those fellows are heroes. They're there to rescue. They're there to be able to save lives. And oh, oh when I saw on a, 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 a Fox News app not too long ago, not too many weeks ago, when they were in New York, and I showed my wife, and I was just uh, tore up on the inside about it, where uh, people were taking buckets of water and throwing them on. But because of the, uh, 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 the, the, the ignorant governor that they have and the mayor of New York, uh, they're saying, uh, don't, don't bother, don't bother, just let them do it and they're throwing buckets of water hey I think that when you see a police officer you ought to treat them to a cup of coffee and not throw it in their face Amen. I'm saying this tonight I'm saying that there's rules by the way McDonald's has rules Burger King has rules our society has rules sure does can I tell you, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3, the Bible says that thou endure hardness as a good what? A good what? A good soldier of Jesus Christ. The soldiers live within the rules. The Bible says in verse 4, uh, no man that warth entangleth himself with the affairs of this world, that he may please him who have chosen him to be a good what? A good soldier. The Bible says, if any man also strive for the mastery, he says, yet is not crowned, except he strive lawfully. So, uh, in a Bible college, you learn some uh, routines. In a Bible college, you learn, if you will, some rules. Uh, uh, rules about uh, making your bed. 
rules, if you would please, about cleaning your room. You say, Pastor, uh, young people that's uh, uh, 18 and 19 and 20, they don't need rules like that in their life. They're angelic. They wake up in the morning and the very first thing that they do is uh, clean their room. That's not true. Can I tell you, I've been in uh, homes all over the metro and can I tell you, there's adults that's been married for 25 years that don't even clean their house. Where did that start? That started in their own home when they were a child. That carried over into the teenage years and it uh, came up through the college years and it's an absolute uh, statement of a lack of character in a person's life. And can I tell you, at Bible college, one thing that they have is rules to help a young person be able to develop the character that they need so that they can be somebody that's productive in a marriage and productive in child rearing and productive in our society. Can I tell you we live in a ruleless society but it ought not be named one time among the christian so advantage is a bible college routine rules statement number next relationships relationships second timothy chapter 2 and verse 6 the husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits consider what i say now wait a minute this is paul talking to Timothy, there's a relationship there. Here's the older talking to the younger. He says, consider what I say. There's relationships there. Consider what I say. It says, uh, the Lord give the understanding of all things. So here's a master teacher teaching a student, Paul, Timothy. He says, consider what I say. He says here, understand all things. So uh, there's relationships. I cannot begin to tell you how many friends I made when I was in Bible college that are now in the ministry. And we still correspond. We still check on each other. Uh, these are people that I've known years ago. These are people that from time to time we stay in contact just to see how each other's doing. Relationships are important. They say this in America, they say that many businesses will hire people for production and they fire people because of personality. That's what in the business world they say. What well, can I tell you? Uh, uh, what helps you to have the right type of personality is the people that you hang around. You hang around ungodly people, they teach you to laugh at ungodly things. You hang around godly people, they teach you to have fun and enjoy godly things. You don't have to go get drunk every Friday night in order to have fun. Now, I'm talking to the deacons. I'm kidding. But I'm saying, I'm just seeing if you're paying attention. But can I help you tonight? Can I say this? That uh, relationships do matter. Until he died from the day that, uh, 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 that I sat under his ministry till the day he died, I was a personal friend to the man that I surrendered to go into the ministry over. 
uh, until uh, the day that many of the men that I was raised up under till the day that they died, I uh, corresponded with them, I talked with them, I allowed them, and that's what you do. You allow those that you want to have influence in your life. I see the way some preachers are going today and say, no, not interested. I've got so much time in my life, I'm not going to waste it on that person. They're going in a direction I don't care about. They're going in a direction that I'm not interested in. I'm just not going to waste time with it. And so I spend time with those that I want to influence me. And by the way, you say, who might that be? Watch the people that pass through this pulpit, and that gives you a clue. Because if I'm allowing them to influence me, I want them to influence the people that God has given me to shepherd. Because I care about you. Now, may I say this? Uh, there's relationships. As a, a person goes, uh, uh, wherever you go, you are going, you are going, you are going to build relationships. It's going to happen. You're going to have somebody sit beside you in class one day, and they're going to uh, uh, say, hey, look, would you like to come to this party with me? Or are you going to have somebody sitting beside you in class one day, and they're going to say, hey, look, would you help me on my bus route? Would you visit this uh, family with me that's hurting? I guess it all depends on what you're shooting for. I guess it all depends on what you really want. Do you want to make an eternal difference? Do you want God to use you for the sake of eternity? I'm always reminded about Stud. You know, a great cricket player, gave his life to Christ, gave all of his money to missions, uh, went to the mission field, and that one little phrase that Stud said has stuck with me uh, all my living days, and that is this, that only one life will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. I don't want to be a half-dedicated Christian. I'm not in this to make a lot of money. I'm not in this to uh, have a super uh, life. I'm in this for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be totally dedicated to the cause of Christ. I'm in this to see people get saved. I'm in this to see lives get changed. And what's going to change America is not who is staying in the White House, but who is in the pulpits of America that influence those that are in the White House. You have to decide as a young person uh, what type, uh, come on now, uh, did you know I find this out that those that go to Bible college just a little bit uh, and, and they learn some principles and thank God as some young people they have parents that tutor them and help them and encourage them and, and they're strong in the Lord and they can stand in the power of his might and that is wonderful but I'm telling you that is a remnant that's just a few. And with all the other ones I see, Brother Bachman, they just don't make it. You say, Pastor, what do you mean they don't make it? They're not faithful to church. They don't have a ministry. They're not doing anything for God. And can I tell you, you again are not created for you. You are created for your heavenly Father. You ought to get busy doing something for God. One day, you're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. And I pray that you're not going to have to hang your head in shame simply because you did nothing for God. I was talking to one of our college-age young people just two weeks ago, and I said, let me ask you something. I said, you know, uh, you're not doing anything for God right now. Why don't you come to my office? Let me give you some responsibility. Do something for God. 
Don't let your life pass by without giving Christ the service that he justly deserves from you. You say, that's just for those that are called to full-time service. We're all called to full-time service. We're all supposed to be. You're not supposed to come to church and sit. No, you're supposed to do something for God. You're supposed to do the work of the ministry. What's that involve, preacher? That involves you getting in a routine. That involves you having some structure in your life. That involves you building the right type of relationships in your life. Statement number next, there's role models. I'd rather have somebody as my role model that held a Bible than a can of beer. I'd rather have somebody in my life that was a role model that looked like a Christian distinctively than to look like the average worldly person. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8, the Bible says, remember that Jesus Christ, the seed of David, was raised from the dead according to the gospel, according to my gospel. He says, wherein, he says, I suffer trouble. It says, as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of the Lord is not bound. So what's he talking about here? He said, remember that Jesus Christ, the seed of David, was raised from the dead according to the gospel. So we want people to remember Jesus Christ. How can they do that? There's got to be role models. There's got to be people that they see that when trouble comes, they run to the master. That when problems come, they don't get on Facebook and complain. <sighs> I recently did get that, by the way. I did. I got Facebook. I check it once a week. People make comments. I don't comment back. I just read because I, I want to see where they're going. I want to learn them. And so I'll get on there and I, I, I said, hmm, I see a person made a statement about that. Oh, I see where they're going. Hmm, I see a person made a statement. Hmm, I see where they're going. Say, uh, why do you do that, preacher? Well, I think a part of that is sort of like going to the medical doctor. When you walk into the medical doctor and you're there and, and, and the doctor looks at you, and uh, <laughs> it'd be nice for you to tell him what's wrong. You know, I'm learning from that Facebook thing. I'm getting to find out what's wrong. Because what you're excited about shows where your heart is. So I get to see, hmm, what's wrong? What are, what are they excited? What direction are they going? Now, I know, I don't know if you block people on Facebook or whatever, but I'm going to have about 3,000 blocks. 1 Timothy chapter, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21, the Bible says, For even unto, it says, were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. We're supposed to follow the steps of Christ. You know, if you, if you uh, go to a Bible college and a Bible college has the right example, they're always going to be exalting the Lord. Because it is about him. This is not Mike Wells' church. This is not staff's church. This is the church of the Lord God. It's the Lord that builds the church. We're just messenger boys. That's all we are. You know, and if you ever get too high and mighty thinking, well, I'm somebody. 
God can cut you down to size. Second Thessalonians chapter three and verse seven, the Bible says, for, for it says yourselves, it says, uh, uh, know how that ye ought to follow us. This is Paul speaking to the church at Thessalonica. He says, for we have behaved not ourselves disorderly among you. So we have, if you would please, role models, and we expect them not to behave themselves disorderly. The Bible says in verse 8, says, Neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, it says, but uh, wrought, it says, with labor, it says, and travail day and night. Oh, my. I, 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 I gave this as an example this morning. I was heading home uh, last night. I met with a dear friend that came from Houston, and we talked for about three hours or so. And on the way home, I called my lovely wife, and I said, Now, honey, I'm hungry. And I said, when I get home, I like to eat. And what do we have? And she told me what we had. And I said, I'm not interested in that. I said, uh, how about if I stop off at uh, Subway? And she, being so sweet as she was, she said, honey, if that's what you want, you go ahead and stop. Well, by that time, I was already on the way home. And so I said, nearest Subway towards, uh, to me. And it, it gave me one. And I went through a neighborhood and through another neighborhood and through another neighborhood. And I'm talking about now I see guys you know the gang bangers and they've got this up there you know and, and they're walking along and you know and I'm thinking it's going to be a good sub sandwich you know and and so I, I'm standing in line and uh, I told you this morning I only had my emergency money left and so I pulled that hundred dollar bill out that I keep as emergency fund and that's all I had left I tried to give it to the lady she said we don't take that here and you're probably not going to find any stores around here that can do it big old Brewster of a fella three times my size that you standing behind me and he tapped me on the shoulder and he said I can help you now I didn't know what he really meant by that but immediately I showed gratitude I said I appreciate you so much you mean you got changed for a hundred dollar bill man I'll take it thank you for helping me and I'm pastored Parkside Baptist Church you know, and he said, oh, you're a pastor. He said, I'd be, del I, 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 I'd be delighted to help a pastor. I said, that's great. He said, if I can help you in any way, let me know. I felt like saying, walk me to my car. I didn't do that because I'm a man. And I, plus I had, I, I had my sandwich already ready. And so I knew if somebody attacked me, and by the way, they packed that. I, I got a wrap. And man, they put all that stuff in there. And that poor girl, she was all nervous. I think it's because I was in a suit and tie. Nobody in that area was in a suit and tie. I think maybe she thought I was an undercover policeman or maybe the FBI or maybe somebody that came down directly from the White House to talk to you. Man, you know, so she, I'm telling you, she was nervous, and she was putting that together. Kenny, it wasn't a water burger, but it was better. And, 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 and so she's putting that together, and she is rolling that thing up, and, and, and man, she is stuffing everything inside, and it was heavy. So I knew this. If anybody tried to hurt me, I'm going to knock them out with my sub sandwich. But can I tell you, listen, uh, there's relationships, you know, uh, there needs to be. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but it's changed. My, has it changed. Brother Wessel, you've seen it. It's changed over the years. You know, now guys, they get up and they, they're dressed in an entire, like it's a nightclub. 
I mean, everything is a performance in church as far as, you know, the music and, and they get up and it's like, you know, they're, they're, they're waving and, 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 and that's not the way it's supposed to be. You ought to be able to come to church and hear good old fashioned, old, old, good old, good old fashioned preaching. Somebody said, well, the reason I like Parkside is it's the way churches used to be. Man, what a shame. The way churches used to be. So what are you doing in training some of these young men that's coming to Bible college? Here's what we're doing. We're training them to be pastors the way churches used to be. And we don't want them to go out. And don't get mad at me tonight, but uh, hmm, it's my turn to preach. And so, but, uh, uh, you know, these guys that graduate and they sit on bar stools and, oh, you know, and, and, and they're, they're, that, that's disgusting. Can I tell you, listen, there needs to be role models. There needs to be somebody that gets up and cries aloud and spares not and preaches the word of God. That's what's going to change a nation. That's what's going to change society. That's what's going to change you. I'm saying tonight, here he says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 7. He says, now follow us because we've not walked disorderly. He said, neither have we eaten the bread for naught. In other words, we've done the work. We've travailed night and day so that we cannot be chargeable unto you. Look at verse 9. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, not because we have not power but to make ourselves an example. The Bible says, on to you, why? It says, to follow us. I think men ought to live in such a way that you can follow them without tripping over them. I'm not saying that men is perfect. By the way, if you examine this pastor, you'll find out he's not perfect. If you examine the men up here, no doubt, you're going to find some not perfect. But it would be far better to try and fail than to never try. May I say this, that uh, when people come to the Bible college, we have a Dr. Smith that comes and preaches, and a Dr. Dan Carr, and a Dr. Mike Ray, and a Dr. Ray Young, and a Dr. Shelton Smith, and a Dr. John Hamlin, and Jason Tommy has come, and a John Matthew Polywathico, and a Jimmy Watkins, and a George York, and a Dr. Uh, Jeff Owens, and a Dr. Jeff Walters, and a, a Dr. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt Miller, and, and uh, uh, Louis Ramos, and, and uh, our friend, Brother Todd Lassner, and C.W. Fisk, and Randy Taylor, and uh, uh, Brother Pittman, and uh, so many others. And, and then we have teachers that teach in our college. And these are people that live and eat among you. These are people that try to serve God. I didn't say they were perfect. They're no more perfect than you are. Let that one sink. They're no more perfect than you are. But at least they're trying like you are. And so God has given them the ability and the privilege. Uh, uh, Dr. Bachman and Dr. Palmore. Jonathan Wells and Dewey Whitfield. Uh, Jared Wells and then there's Kevin Craig. There's Joshua Wells and Mark uh, Butler. Joseph Wislowski. Wrong coffee, but... Okay, fella. Kenny Tucker. I noticed that Patrick always gets excited about the spiritual things. Denton Bell. My dear wife, Mrs. Cavanaugh, Mrs. Bachman, Melissa Mason, Deborah Bradley, Penny 
Paul Devious. Oh, and, and I've got, I got 14, 15, 16 other names here. People that come in have an influence. And can I tell you, role models are important. Let me give you this one last thing, and that's it. I'm done. Here it is. That's revival. Revival. Let me read you this about revival. Over in Psalm uh, 85 and verse 6, the Bible says, Wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? God's the one that gives revival. And until a young person learns to walk with God, I, I remember, I, 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 I suggest that young people go to Bible college for at least one year. By the way, what are you going to do? What are you doing now? The average young person that graduates, and I'm, I'm not trying to hurt you, I'm just being very candid is what I see. The average young person that graduates from high school in most independent Baptist churches normally become less faithful than they were when they were in the youth department. Why? There's not much accountability. Because now you've got to get up on your own. You've got to step in maturity. And a lot, a lot of young people today in our society, they just don't have it. They just don't have it. So before you know it, you're calling them up. Sure did miss you on soul winning. Right. Sure did miss you in Sunday school. Sure did miss you in preaching. Everything okay? Yeah. And, and, and pastors, assistant pastors all over our nation are chasing young people that used to do something for God because of accountability, but because they don't go to Bible college, there's no accountability. They languish and they perish. Now, by the way, that's sad. That's sad. Now, I'm not saying all young people. Don't misquote me. I'm saying most young people. There's a few out there that, man, as soon as they graduate from high school, what can I do more, pastor? How can I serve God more? I want to give God my life as much as I can. But that's a rarity. So there's revival. Second Chronicles 7 and 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will heal their sin and will heal their land. In 2 Timothy, where we're looking at tonight, look at verse 11. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead in him, that's the crucified life. The Bible says we shall also live with him. Listen to it. The Bible says, and if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. And if we deny him, he will also deny us. And it's so sad in our society. Teenagers come to the youth department because somebody cares about them. Parents have some common sense and say, I want to put you in a spiritual environment. I thank God that our youth department is not a babysitting service. I thank God they get preaching, they get to go soul winning, they learn things about relationships. The youth staff do a wonderful job in helping you to be able to teach your young person Bible truths. I thank God for that. And by the way, you would not do as much as the youth department can do an accessory of being a parent. You can't take off and take them to youth camp. Most of you are not going to do that. 
So thank God there's youth leaders that do. Most of you are not going to take time to be able to preach to your young person every single night. And they do need, a need to hear another voice because some of them don't get mad at me, but they don't believe you. And so they, they get to hear another truth from another person that's always healthy because truth is truth. And so here's what we understand. There needs to be revival. Look at it in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and in verse 13. The Bible says, and if you believe not, it says, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. So we understand this, that revival comes when a person is totally surrendered to God and allowing God to have preeminence and full power in their life. You know, a person can live, I do believe this, in a state of revival, depending on their walk with God. I've seen people that get down. I worry about people that get down and never get up. Getting down is a part of life. If you're staying down, something is desperately wrong with your walk with God. Normal Christians do not get down and stay down. You're not relying on God. You're not trusting God. You're not letting God help you with your problems. You're trying to get uh, solutions within yourselves about your problems. But can I tell you, we can live the revival life. One of the greatest things that we'll ever have that would take place in our personal life before there would ever be a church revival, before there would ever be a community revival, before there would ever be a state revival, before there would ever be a world revival has to be a personal revival and when a person decides that they're going to walk with God God is the one that changes them from the inside out when a young person comes to the Bible college no cursing no swearing uh, no immodesty no bad jokes no wrong music uh, no food for food poisoning purposes. Yeah. I got some of the guys' attention. Food. Bible God says food. I'm saying that it's a wholesome environment for you to grow. Um, I, when I went to Bible college, I did not go to Bible college to be a preacher. I did not. I, I did not. I went to Bible college because I went to my pastor and I said, I am way behind. <laughs> Can I tell you, I'm way behind. This thing about Christianity and the Bible, preacher, I don't have a clue. I mean, when you're saying turn to such and such a book, I'm embarrassed because it takes me like three years to get there. And I'm scurrying back and forth. I said, I, I need help. I don't know what to do. I, I'm a new Christian. I don't know what to do. He said, well, if you want to expedite the matter, he said, go to Bible college. Go for a year. They'll ground you. You'll learn how to be a better Christian. You'll learn how to uh, one day be a good husband. You'll learn how to one day be a good dad. You know, your children are going to need that. You owe that to your wife. Go to Bible college. I said, okay, all right. So I went to Bible college. I, I was going to be, I, I wanted to be a police officer in Baltimore City. Boy, do they need them right now. But I wanted to be a police officer, the city of my birth, Baltimore, Maryland. I wanted to be a police officer. So I was going to go to Bible college for one year. That's it. One year, get my Bible education. Then I was going to take and go back to the city 
and I was going to be a police officer. That's what I was going to do. I went to Bible college. My, my parents, my dad, at first was not for it, and he said, fine. He said, if you want to go down there and uh, learn your Bible, and he said, you don't want to go to a Catholic uh, 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 seminary, and you think you need to go with the Baptists and be able to learn what they have to say, then you think that's going to help you? I don't think it's going to do you any good, but but uh, matter of fact, you're probably not going to make it, and uh, you want to ruin your life that way, you just go ahead and go. And I said, okay, well, thank you. So I went to Bible college. After about six months there, the priest of our home, the priest that we were very close to in our Catholic church, I'd just been saved not too long ago, and came by the house and said, we need to uh, we need to excommunicate Mike out of the church because he has left the faith. My dad got very mad. He said, you can't excommunicate my boy. He's already gone. You can't excommunicate somebody that's gone. And we were raised staunch Irish Catholic and um, Roman Catholic difference. And so, uh, but the, the priest kept coming, and so finally I got this letter in the mail. And my, my mother wrote it. It's my dad's words. And he said, we feel it's imperative to tell you that since you made a choice to go to a Baptist college, you will no longer be considered our son. Never will forget that. That crushed me. And so I, I would write them. They'd tear it up and put it back in an envelope. They'd send it to me. And now I'm at Bible college. You say, what happened? Well, I'm stuck. I can't go nowhere. Like Peter, where should we go? <laughs> I have nowhere to go. So I stayed in Bible college. I thought, well, I might as well just stay here longer and learn the Bible. Never forget it. June 26, 1982. I'm sitting there. God's been working on my heart about preaching the Bible. I didn't want to preach the Bible. I mean, come on now. I stuttered when I spoke back then. I had to take speech therapist class my senior year in high school. And I was the captain of the track team. I mean, you know what it is to try and tell some, hey, go, 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 it's terrible. I mean, I stuttered. I stammered. Had no self-confidence. But what happened when I was in Bible college was this. There's a verse in the Bible, when thy father and thy mother forsake thee, that's when the Lord shall take you in. Amen. And I began to develop a very deep relationship with my Lord Jesus Christ. One that I've never wavered from. And one that I cherish very, very much. And so it was uh, uh, I and the Lord, you know, had nobody, but I had him. And he's the one that helped me all the way through. And can I tell you, I'm so glad about that. Because at that time, as I was learning to go deep with my Heavenly Father, and I was learning about getting prayers answered, and I was learning about the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and I was learning about Bible principles, and I gave myself completely to Christ, God changed me from the inside out. Never will forget getting up to preach, and the very first time I ever got up to preach the Bible, the stuttering wasn't there. Isn't that amazing? We have an amazing God. Now I'm saying this. I just care about our young people. I don't want to see our young people ruined. I just don't. 
I just don't. Uh, I think that one year of Bible college would help young people in our church to get solid so you can make good, sound decisions in your life. Father, bless we do pray. Thank you for tonight. Tonight's message, very different. Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.